Going to River Church this morning in Tuscaloosa. We want to welcome you and ask you to come if you're in the area or if you're already in the area. Come and visit with us in a Sunday morning service. I want to minister to you this morning on America the Beautiful. Hallelujah. I've got some notes here. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 33. I see. There it is. Yeah. Hallelujah. Psalm 33, if you would. America the Beautiful. I have been waiting all week long to get to do this. Actually, all year long. Uh, I crafted last week's message so I could have this one open and because uh, I love to talk about America. Yes. Verse 1 in Psalm 33 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of God. Let's say that one together. The earth is full of the goodness of God. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breadth of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Amen. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Isn't that awesome? Amen. We all know that. This isn't information. This isn't, it's not revelation. Except when you renew revelation, it is a revelation. Let me read that in the New Living. It's just a little different like uh, the Passion Version was a while ago. It says, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. The Lord frustrates, excuse me, the Lord's plans stand firm forever. 
His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. Amen. Amen. I just love this nation. I just love what God's done for us. And like I said, if I was a Canadian or a Filipino or whatever, I would, uh, West Liberia, I would be very patriotic to that nation. In Alabama, you know, we're on one side of the state or the other. You're either a Roll Tide or a War Eagle. But it's not because we examined the merits of each one and sifted it out and did a study and an analysis. It's just who we were, where we were born generally or the people that were already on one team or the other. The day, the first Sunday that I was in Alabama, they ran up to me at uh, a large church I was in and they, they didn't say, how are you doing or we're glad you're here. They said, who are you for? <laughs> and uh, she said... Uh, she said, Alabama, I like red. <laughs> we weren't in Tuscaloosa at that time. So you would be happy to be in any nation. I'm so glad we're in America. But to whom much is given, much is required. So we have a great responsibility. And I want to I bring that out this morning. Every nation, there's 200 and... 12 or 18 or 20, I'm not sure. There's, there's over 200 nations, and every one of them has a God. Just like every person has a God, every nation has a God. And so we're always asking the question of ourselves, and we always come up with the same answer. But Americans are always asking themselves, who is my God and who is America's God? And you see the forces that be, the powers that be, are always trying to get us to change gods. And it's always been this way. The Lord was the God of the Israelites and back in that day, but they were always bringing the gods of the Hittites and the Amalekites and, uh, you know, those sort of things. Baal was a god back then. He's the moon god now. He's, uh, he's still around. But we got to find out who is ours, and the way you do that is not by a survey. You just ask yourself. Because all you and I can be responsible for is me. You can't change the world, but you can change you. And if you change you and the person next to you changes them, soon we are the world. Or at least we're a consensus. I remember when President Obama came out and he said, we are no longer a Christian nation. It was a stunning statement. It was a shocking statement. And it was also an incorrect statement. It wasn't true, but if you, if you measured by the wrong criteria, you could come to that conclusion that we're no longer a Christian nation. But that does not define us by the same definition or the same uh, elements that he was judging it by. Number one, everyone in a nation doesn't have to be a Christian for a nation to be Christian. So that, that was wrong to say because there's no homogenous... Uh, faith in America anymore. Uh, number two, not everyone, not everything that the nation does has to spring or come directly from the Bible or Christianity. The Lord's working in lots of ways. 
and he, that he doesn't get the credit for. You all know that? Lots of things could have happened to you and me that never happened. And we didn't give him the glory for it. And uh, the, our near misses or God, God didn't allow me to die. He must not be through with me yet. All that stuff's operating. And number three, American is a Christian nation because of our foundation, not by the majority or a great consensus of the people. America is very confused right now, or almost all nations are, and we're in a very uh, delusional or a very murky season in our world. And that's because we're in the end days. That's because there's a strong delusion been sent in these last days. And, uh, but there's a great grace that's also been sent. But there is a war that's not like been any war. So we are a Christian nation because of our foundations. Two things. Number one, the word of God. We embraced it. The founding fathers embraced that from the beginning. And our constitution, our uh, declaration of independence is all based upon the word of God. And uh, it, it is said that they said that the form of government that we have as a republic would not work unless it was a Christian nation. It is not work. It will not work under uh, anything else. So the word of God, plus then we base everything on a Judeo-Christian ethic. Our laws are based on that, even though we came from Great Britain. We have a much more refined and defined Judeo-Christian set of foundations than I suppose any other nation. And it's because we got to start in, in the latter day. We are a republic. We are not a democracy. That's right. Democracy is ruled by the majority. So in any season or any generation, you can have a different kind of rule. But we are a republic, and a republic rules by laws. Laws that are set in what we call the Constitution and our other derivations of that. So that makes us where whoever's in power has a limited power over us to rule contrary to who we are and contrary to the word of God. As long as we stick to our laws and we rule by them. God created America. Now I want you to, I know you know this, so I'm not, I'm not, this is not information. This is reiteration. God created America. Everything about it, how it was discovered, the land itself, the size of it, the, uh, the uh, sea to si shining sea and all of that. He chose that and he made America or the United States. He made it in its land, its form, its uh, attributes, its uh, assets. He created that before the beginning of the world. You know, if he created you and me, he certainly could think of a nation and set it apart. And so this is a God-ordained thing. Now, anything God ordains is going to be assaulted by the devil. So why are we surprised that we're not allowed to just go our way? Well, it's because it's God's plan. If it wasn't God's plan... Now, listen, there's lots of nations like North Korea that uh, uh, they're not trying to get that government to go forward. They're not, they're not fighting for that government. They're trying to get out of that place. And so we know God is... Uh, God had created this nation for himself, and he created it because he has a plan that America is going to be used in. And I know lots of people have discarded America 
because of what's going on. First of all, I want to tell you, I can promise you it's the minority that's getting heard. And it's always been that way, but it's the truth. But we tend to think, well, the loudest voice is the truth, and it's just not true. As you know, uh, even in the tornado that hit uh, uh, Alberta City, Tuscaloosa and Alberta City tore it all up, I, we went over there with tracks, don't blame God, and water, and handed them out everywhere. And universally, when you talk to people, they would always say, this is God's judgment on Tuscaloosa. And I'd say, wow, what happened to New Orleans and Atlantic City and Las Vegas and San Francisco? I'm not that they're, they have a reputation. We may be as bad, but they certainly have. If he's going to be fair, and I believe he is, he should have been smacking them around a little bit if he's smacking around Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're not saying we're better. We're just saying if you're in the smacking mood, well, you've got a list. And you didn't start at the top. <laughs> so lots of people have, have uh, uh, prophesied judgment on America. That God's through with America and we missed our chance. And it's not going to go well. And we're going down and China's coming up. And, and it's out of control and God can't stop it. And they say that it's because we've deviated from God's principles. Certainly, that'd be true in any generation, that you'd have a certain part that deviated, and uh, that we've left God's wisdom, and that these things always have consequences. And that is true, and we have paid for these consequences. These consequences are the payment uh, for leaving God's wisdom and, and uh, not giving Him glory. No doubt. We have drugs, we have crime, we, all the things that any society has in some level we certainly have our share, despite our great calling and God's plan for America. I noticed, and just think about this, just in our generation, and we are just a vapor. You know, in our little generation, no one here is 80 years old, so we're all, but we can all remember when they used to, schools used to not conduct any kind of business on Wednesday afternoons or evenings. You didn't have football practice or basketball. You, you didn't play, play practice. This is Wednesday, and not everybody did, but everybody could go to church. And you didn't, you didn't have football practice on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I heard that in one of the schools here, that not only do they have football practice on Sunday afternoon, but that they require the parents to bring snacks and refreshments to that team on Sunday afternoon. And it, it's, it's worse than that, but I can, I can vouch for that. Used to be, you know, we had blue laws. And whatever you think about that doesn't matter. It was a, it was a consensus that says we ought not to buy liquor on Sunday. You know, its effectiveness is greatly debated and all that. But anyway, it was, a, it was a sense of righteousness. Businesses used to not be open seven days a week. If y'all can think of pre-Walmart. You know, and so now we're all saying Chick-fil-A doesn't open on Sunday. How unusual. Kind of like finding a phone booth. It's like, really? What's that? Uh, and we, but they are the exception, are they not? Uh, Hobby Lobby does not open on Sunday. They're holding the line. But used to be that was our culture, and nobody thought anything about it. Truly, if we were truly immersed, we would not 
buy groceries on Sunday and we wouldn't go to restaurants on Sunday because that causes people to have to work and gives them a job and, and all that. And so I don't know how responsible we are, but now it's in our society. And I remember when we all boycotted Target because of their stance on some issues. And, uh, uh, but that didn't last long because we like Target. In other words, we just have so much righteousness. We'll, we'll give them through the weekend and just reschedule our target visit or, or, or what. Um, but Americans used to go to church. Even businessmen that didn't regard God or man used to go to church because you couldn't get much business if you weren't a church guy. So businessmen went to church because it was good for business. I don't know if y'all ever watched Father Knows Best or or uh, Andy of Mayberry and all that, but you know, you can look into that and say, what was the culture? Well, they went to church and they sang in the choir and they, you know, all the things they did. Uh, people didn't used to work on Sunday, but we do now. People didn't mow their grass on Sunday, but now they do. And all those sort of things. So there seems to be oh, the overall consensus that I came up with is there's no day of consecration there's no day of honor for God. I mean, people say, I'm a Christian. I, I hope I'm going to heaven. But there's no regard for God to just say, everybody else is working on Sunday. Everybody else is mowing the grass or, or whatever. I'm going to. And, and that's what culture does. It absorbs the, uh, the, uh, the bystanders into doing that. But I'll tell you this morning, and I want to, just, I want to say it publicly, God has not forsaken this United States of America. It hasn't changed a thing. What men do doesn't change what God does. And he used to react when, when uh, nations shook their fists at him and uh, did child sacrifice and, and uh, had altars raised up to false demon gods. He used to have to take care of that sort of thing. He used to have to sneak, smack them a little bit. When, when Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments and they had a golden calf there, and his brother Aaron said... I don't know how it got here. It just kind of jumped out of the fire one morning, and there it is. You know, just, you know, God did take that, and his wrath was poured out. We even sang a song this morning. Now, you have to understand, that's an Old Testament rendition. He is stamping out the, trampling out the, of the vintage of the grapes of, the grapes of wrath. I finally said it. Well, you know, that is true Old Testament. That's before Jesus. But he's not trampling out any grapes right now, any wrath. Y'all know that. You go, well, God's in a better mood because nobody's getting walked by God. No, it, Jesus took it. Everything that we should have got, Jesus got it. And we're in a day of grace now, and he is not retributing for our badness. So that's why people walk around saying, I can be as bad as I want to because... God's not punishing. No lightning striking here. Must be okay with God. And they changed their theology, not realizing that it's never been okay with God, but Jesus took the price for our badness. So uh, God has not written off America. Amen. He is not. He hadn't, he hadn't vacillated. He hadn't hesitated. He's not reticent about it. He hadn't hold back. He's not backslid about it. He's not withholding. He's, nothing has changed with God about America or any other nation for that. But it's his wisdom that pulls America back from the brink 
time and time and time again. It was, he, he got us through World War I. That was amazing. And he, because you didn't have, you didn't have Billy Graham running the nation, you know, like let's do this God's way. It was just regular folks. And nobody ever asked if the president's born again or not. Usually he is not. Or often I'll say he's not. And I, I question a lot of presidents, you know, even though they say I go to church and all that. Right. Won't go there, praise God. But the Lord brings back America and he uses, we, we got through World War I unscathed. Great price, great treasure and blood was given. But we came out versus other nations where we had to go in and rebuild Germany and other nations. We had to, because they were totally devastated. France, even today, is less than 3% Christian. So God's not getting much done in France, is he? Uh, so he's brought us back from World War II. And if you watch uh, uh, the movie like Midway or about uh, Pearl Harbor, and if it's historical at all, you find out we should have got blowed up. Uh, Pearl Harbor was the greatest intelligence failure of any modern-day encounter. They, they had us by the, the earlobes, and, and, the, and things just changed, though. You go, well, who prayed? Well, we, there were people praying. They weren't praying about that particular thing, but they were getting up and saying, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over this United States. And you think, well, that doesn't do any good, but it does. But it does. And it says, well, you might say, well, it needs a majority. Not only is America not a democracy, uh, heaven sure isn't. <laughs> so he doesn't have a big suggestion box up there that says, I'm going to read these today and see what we should do, Lord Jesus. You know, Holy Spirit, you read them and we'll listen. Uh, it's already set and the box is locked. Hallelujah. So the Lord has raised up. Now, listen, I'm, we want to get this straight. He's raised up an end time army. An army is never everybody. We have an army in America right now, but it's not everybody, is it? There's the enlisted folks, there's the career folks, the military, but it's not everybody. A lot of them are still working in a grocery store and, and painting houses. But we're protected by a remnant, as it were. Same thing with the kingdom. There's an army in the Lord's army. And it doesn't take all of us. He doesn't have to have every Muslim, every Hindu, every atheist, every agnostic. He doesn't have to have all them. He just needs us. We're holding the whole thing back with our faith. You say, well, there's not many of us. Well, now, if you're going to go and put 10,000 men on the ground and give them a bayonet and put 10,000 men on the ground over here and give them a bayonet and say, y'all meet in the middle and we'll, we'll count how many is at the end. You're right. We're done. But that's not how it works. Our faith is in operation and we agree with heaven. And heaven says that we're going to be here to the end. America has a purpose and I'm so glad that we're in that purpose. We get it. Would you, if, would you turn to Ezekiel chapter 38? We don't have many scriptures this morning. Uh, it's, I want to inspire you. I want to remind you that all the clamoring that's going on in our world that makes you want to faint, gives you pause to say, what about, what about God? And what about, how come this is going so badly and how come our cities are on fire and our children are being exposed to this 
theory and that theory and what about China? What about Russia? You know, it's just because we have such good news communication, if you want it, it's available. And then there's online. You don't even have to watch TV. We could know anything about anything. And so it's whoever has the loudest voice or the most uh, pervasive voice. That's who gets to speak. You know, we're all real proud that you can watch the news now on a channel or two. Uh, uh, Newsmax, is that is that one of them? Yes. And Fox, I mean, it, I, I'm not here advocating anything. I'm just saying it's not just the three anymore, but they're after these guys all the time. So you, we want to straighten it out. We want to get back and say, what does the Lord say about this whole thing? Because he knew, he knows, and he will know how this thing's going to go. And it's on a track just as surely as the 902 that left Phoenix going to Tucson will be there at 1015. It will not deviate. It is on time. And so here we are. Um, give you a little background here. Ezekiel 36, 37, and 38 are powerful prophetic passages. And the Lord had the man, Ezekiel, write down some stuff that was way beyond his intellect, way beyond... It'd be like you and me writing code for a nuclear fission or something. We wouldn't have a clue about where what goes. We'd just write it down and, and, uh, and record it. But uh, in, in Ezekiel 36 and 37, where Israel has been taken captive because they did naughty things. They weren't, they weren't doing what God said. And so he said, I will. this is going to take us down. I got to get somebody in here to let let them get straightened up. So he spanked them like a child. Now, that's what he did. He, he used nations. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he caused it, but certainly <coughs> when you get weak and there's a nation next door that wants to take you over, if God doesn't stop it, you're going to get. So the nation was taken over. Israel and Judea, uh, uh, Judea were taken over. And uh, in, uh, he prophesied about the restoration even prophesied 2,500 years before there was even a wall in Israel, prophesied about a wall. And gosh, there it is. It's, uh, it, it was there, and they built a new one. And he, in, in, verse, in chapter 38 and 9, he prophesies about Israel, which is, wasn't even a nation then. I mean, it wasn't a land. It was just a, a Jews. It was Abraham's kinfolks, y'all. This was loosely defined. The Libyans go way back, the Sudanese, the Ethiopians, the Egyptians go way back. And so do the Jews, but they weren't in the defined land where they had their own place. You know, we know where Egypt is. We know where Libya is. But nobody knew where the Jews were. They were just all over. And so he talked about a restoration, a gathering in, and a bringing forth. And he told, Ezekiel tells about vast wealth coming out of Israel. Well, I don't know if y'all have ever read about the pre-statehood the, the, the pre days, but Palestine was just not much. Even now, even now, uh, just a side note, you can get in an airplane and you can fly over West Texas, and there's a state line going into New Mexico. Texas gives the landowner water rights. If you own the surface, you can punch 10 million holes in it and suck it all out if you want to, or you could. But New Mexico does not give 
property owners water rights. So you can fly over the state line and, and you can see green over here, Texas, and desolation this side, New Mexico. And it's like, well, there's water here, not there. No, it's the same. It's just a state line. And so this is the way it was. Israel was desolate. And Ezekiel said, it is today, but it won't be tomorrow. And he prophesied about that. Well, y'all know the story about Israel. She, she has, what, 80% of Europe's fruit and vegetables and all sorts of, and they are, there's more Nobel Peace, um, no, more Nobel Prize winners out of Israel than any other nation. I'm, well, I'm not sure about America, but, but it's, the Palestinians have two and they're for peace. <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of one of them things where you, you give them, you know, you just say, ah, we, we, it's not because they supplied a paper and said this will work and all that. Yeah. So, uh, so there was these strong, he prophesied, Ezekiel did about a day coming when strong northern armies would come down and, and attack Israel and she would be real little but said that they would try to swallow her up. Well, let me just tell you, China has 1.4 billion. It's, it's such, a billion is such a vast amount of money that you can't even... You can't even put it in a warehouse and say that that's surely a billion, not necessarily. But there's a lot of folks over in China and they have a big army. And it says somebody from out of the north is coming in. Now, this is this is not Armageddon. This is World War Three that's coming. And they're going to come down and they're going to try to weigh lace to Israel. They don't like Israel. They've never liked the Jews and they don't even know why they don't like them. There's not enough of them to mess them up. And they're good for people. Uh, but there will be a one-day battle between Israel and her allies and Russia and her allies. And in chapter 8, verse 13, well, let's look in verse 12. Ah, let's go to verse 11. How about that? How about that? And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. So this day is still out there. In verse 13, Sheba, these are the friends of Israel. Sheba and can I say Dedan, Dedan, Dudan, Didan, this other place, and the merchants of Tarshish. So they're the allies of Israel. And look at this. With all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take away a great spoil? And so uh, Ezekiel prophesies history that hasn't happened yet. Now, the merchants of Tarshish, which are the allies of Israel, you know them from the news. It's, uh, I wrote them down here, France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, and England. These are the, these are the Tarshish people, the, the allies of Israel. 
and they vacillate they've jumped back and forth but they're you know they're pretty much in and uh, and they're very powerful individually they're the world nations but when they coalesce and come together they become an empire as it were you know at one time the, the sun never set on the British Empire there was a nation all the way around the goal of the globe so that it worked that way so the young lions would be Great Britain's nations that are no longer a part of her but that Great Britain being the lion nation she spawned uh, some nations Australia you know they're aligned with Great Britain but they're not of it uh, Canada South Africa New Zealand Singapore and the USA these are the young lions now let's let's uh, let's look again Sheba and Eden, all the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions there thereof shall say unto thee art thou come to take a spoil so there's a there's a the sides have been divided up you got Russia and her friends and China perhaps is in there back in the early days of when America was just starting out they were happy to be colonies of uh, Great Britain but then George III started getting rough and he was teaching he was treating uh, uh, English citizens as it were very badly because they were in America and they didn't they were unfairly taxed and all that and so they got a little wound up and Mexico and Spain and France started dividing up the West and the South you know Mexico was coming up trying to get Texas that's what the Alamo thing was all about and France the Louisiana purchase that was all about it and then Great Britain was everything on the East Coast so three nations were all involved in all of that but on July 2nd I couldn't find it but it's actually July 2nd 3rd or 4th the colonists got together and wrote a document called the Declaration of Independence and they they kind of said we're mad as thunder and we're not taking this anymore and uh, a call for independence arose up out of the the colonists now you understand it was not a consensus there was lots of people that were afraid of Great Britain and they said we're not going and so they were kind of pansies in my opinion but there, there's always that that's what's going on today you have Christians that that side with the world that side with secular even though they're having to compromise their faith do y'all know these people they're everywhere and we're all tempted to say well I I need to go to Target and I need to do that but um, they declared uh, independence on July 4th 1776 and they actually won it in uh, 1781 so it took five years to to thrash this thing out so we have a history 245 years ago they got this thing nailed down you know that seems like a long time but that's no time at all in the scheme of nations I mean this Egypt can trace their stuff back 5,000 years ago and that's just they're still digging that out so here let's just I'm gonna quit here God has a plan for America we're part of the new the young lions so we're in scripture people say America's not in scripture but we are in scripture and uh, very aptly placed and very important in the end times we've been carved up raised up out of the heart of God 
for these end days. And we will have a significant say in how things go. And God's already predicted. You think he's right? He's predicted how it's going to turn out. <laughs> I think he's going to get it. He, number one, he raised up a new nation, a new nation to, to expand and strengthen Christianity. Because it was going down the tubes in France, Great Britain, Spain. It was going down the tubes. It used to be strong. But uh, he raised up a new nation to strengthen and expand Christianity. Good job, Lord. Number two... The devil fought America. Now, I'm just telling y'all, the devil's been, he's, he is the source of all of our troubles. And he's been fighting to, not because of democracy or the Democrats, or, he's been fighting Christianity. Because that is the call of God on this United States. And the devil has said, if I don't take America out, if I don't, then I'm done. And he knows that. So, uh, He's tr so he's tried to prevent America, listen, from being a homeland to the Jews. They had no homeland. All these centuries they've had no homeland. Suddenly, America is the homeland. Actually, let me, I didn't write it down, but there was an in, a Spanish Inquisition. Uh, let's see, Columbus was 1492, 1478 or so, the Spanish throne got mad at all the Jews and all the Muslims and just started killing them just in wholesale lots just saying we don't like you and you got to go and so the Jews were were trying to get out of Spain and Christopher Columbus went out to find a land that the Jews could call a homeland there was no other homeland Palestine wasn't available. And so that's what God did in 1492. He got Columbus to go to the West and found a nation. And actually, there's more Jews in America than there are in any other nation. We are the homeland to the Jews. Uh, it's in transition, of course. But this is the biblical assignment of America, was the Jews. So they're the maligned people, the hated people. But they're really the purpose for America. God likes these people. So I have three things that I wrote down that is America's assignment. Number one, we are a peacemaker. Can y'all think about our history that we've always been on the peace side? We've, we've never colonized since our original borders, since Alaska and Hawaii. We've never colonized. We've never allowed other nations to come in and take over Vietnam or... or uh, you know, Korea and all that. We've always been the peacemaker for all of these. And uh, World War I, we could have owned half the world. We were definitely in the driver's seat, but America didn't take one acre from anybody. They gave them all back, and in the case of the Marshall Plan, they actually helped them rebuild their nation instead of going in there and saying, nay, nanny, nu, nu, we get to have this now, we won. Uh, so the Christian mandate in America has prevailed and caused us to take a Christian stance towards the whole world, and world peace has been our objective. Whereas Russia and China and all these other nations, they're just looking for who's weak, who's little, like, like Ukraine or like, uh, you know, all these nations that are getting swallowed up. America doesn't do that. 
And it's unique because we could have. We could have. We whooped everybody, uh, including the Japanese. We, took, we, we went over there and we, we had another bomb or six, and we could have blown them to smithereens and just taken over Japan, but we didn't take one, one bit of it. And so, uh, so the devil in, in this peace plan has tried to thwart it with wars, wars, and wars so that he could upend America to thwart the Jews. I know you don't hear this much, but it's the Jews that God's interested in. We're born again. We're going to heaven. There's, there's no cloudy thing in there that says maybe we will. The Jews, God cares about them because of Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm going to take care of you. And then he told David, I'll take care of your bunch. And Jesus is that culmination. And he likes the Jews. He's got a plan, and he's using America for that plan. Uh, number two about America, number one is we're a peacemaker. Number two, we are the world evangelist for the gospel. Now, y'all know this is true. The, Korea is a highly evangelized Christian nation, but they didn't, all they had was their Eastern gods until the Presbyterians and the Methodists started going over there and getting them saved. Presbyterians and Methodists used to get salvation going a lot more than they do now, it appears. But they did. And so 90% of all the funds, the literature, the missionaries, uh, what else? Come from America. All the missionaries, 90% of them come from America. That's why I'm always amazed when I run into somebody that says, I'm a missionary. Where to? America. You just go back to France. They need, <laughs> whatever. So uh, the, the nations with the most Christians, I looked it up, USA, Brazil. Brazil. Now that's one honking big country. And they got Christians. There is a move of God in Brazil like nobody's business. That's where the gold dust is, the people are being raised from the dead. It's wonderful. Mexico has more Christians. And then Russia. Russia has the fourth largest population of Christians. See, so you, we think Russia's evil. No, just the people at the top are evil. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, you may, not, you may not like Tuscaloosa, the bad people here, but it's not them. It's just the people at the top that are running this thing. And lastly, our job in America, number one, peacemaker, number two, evangelist and protector of, uh, of, of uh, the gospel, number three is to sponsor Israel. God's purpose in America is to sponsor Israel. And they don't even believe like we do. I mean, they're Jews. They, they, you know they're going to say to the Lord Jesus, is this your first or second visit here? <laughs> we, we think it's your first, but them Christians think you've already been here. So uh, the, America is here to sponsor Jews till they can get through their time. Uh, President Eisenhower guaranteed the existence of the nation of Israel in the 1950s. He said, we will never forsake you. We will never leave you. Um, every president, some barely, but every president has sponsored Israel as a nation. Barely, lately. But Israel has had our support. Now, we got lots of folks in Congress that are saying now we need to change our allegiances to the Palestinians. 
I'm not here to debate that, of course. I'm just saying it's always been a tough place to be when you're talking about the Jews. And in Genesis 12, you know, it says, I will make thee a great nation, Abraham, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee. So what's America's tie to power? We bless Israel. It's our ticket. You go, well, no, it's because we got more this and we got better that. We're not, we're, we are 5% of the world population and we consume 40 or 45% of the resources. Well, how can that be? And, we're, and we got lots of resources, lots of, you know, uh, copper and all those things like that. But so do other nations. But they're like New Mexico when you fly over. They can't figure it out and it doesn't work for them. And it does in America. The Lord just puts, he just makes it work in America. Why? Because we bless Israel. We bless them. We support them. We protect them. We fund them. We give them technology. Why would we? It hits our ticket. If that line ever gets cut, we're done in America. Let me just tell you, you, you think it's this or that. That's our ticket right there. So here's what I wrote down. As the United States goes, so goes the world. Would you all agree with that in some, some basis? I'm not saying everything, but as the U.S. goes, so goes the world. We are, a, we are a major influence, and things don't usually get very far out of hand if America gets to vote and contend. Then you'd say, you'd say, as the church goes, so goes the United States. Now, you might disagree that, but that would just because you have a limited experience in the whole situation based on what you see every day or read every day, but you wouldn't have a basis for that any more than you would have ever uh, believed that Brazil and Russia had more Christians than any other nation besides America and, what did I say there, Brazil and Mexico. So here we are. Revival is going on all over the world. Oh, Lord, send a revival. Well, just because just we hadn't seen them in the streets here doesn't mean that it's not going on somewhere else. Brazil is, like I said, is blowing. They're having, they're having church services, and the gold dust is following, falling in it, and they're gathering it up and going and paying off the church. They're just, they have lines. There's a uh, Pastor Maldonado just they have in their church services people are just walking through and just getting healed they're just jumping out of their wheelchair and throwing their stuff down and going out this door kind of kind of like i don't know what it's like but it's just amazing you go when's revival going to come it's whenever we get off our giddy up and say let's go it's all up here it's all up here as a man thinks in his heart so is he so it's different than what we thought, and God's using this USA more than we think, and there's a purpose for here. The reason we're having conflict in America, if you want to know what the real reason behind, behind the riots and the, the, this movement and that movement, I'm, I'm certainly not going to go on camera and talk about it because there's so much more, and I don't have time to deal with that. But it's the secularization of our society, what we were just talking about. Jesus' church is not the main event. And it's because the church leaders have perverted us and, and sold us out. They're not Jesus people anymore. They've taken the blood out of the Baptist church. 
Now, I'm not, don't call me, because I'm not saying every church, but you go in there and you sit through a service and they do not sing about the blood and they don't talk about the name of Jesus. I've noticed it, but I have friends that are still there and they say, yeah, we don't ever sing that. We never, we never hear about that, the virgin birth or anything. It's the secularization of the church, which then causes the world to be uh, a cynic. And they say, well, if they don't know anything, well, why should we go to church? Part of it is, is just that we have, we have culturized the church to be like the world. And so we have churches now that are just like the world. They just put a pulpit up in the front, or not even that, and say, this is church. And so people that go to those places, they don't know any different. They just say, well, they say it's church. They say God is pleased. God, they say this is all good. So what are, they buy in. Why wouldn't they? Because they don't know. But you got to get in this, or you won't know. He changeth not. So that's the whole thing. You go, well, it's the Republicans, or it's the Democrats. Uh, no, it's just the secularization of the church, because people, are on, people in the church have become worldly and got on the take. They got, they're on the take. They're, they're on, not from politicians. They're just, it's a business. Church is a business. It's just business. And everybody can be a part of the business or be holy. I dare say all of us have passed up some marvelous opportunities to get under the table. So what do we do? You can't change the whole world, and we shouldn't even try. But we should change us. You've got to change me. When I'm tempted to go off the rails and to preach milk and, and pablum and all that sort of stuff or not hold my ground, it's just me. It's just y'all. Who would care? Who would know? But I have to hold my ground. You have to hold your ground. Could we do less? Absolutely. Would anybody care? Absolutely not. But that's our part. And the turnaround depends upon us. Uh, we have to vote in America, not for what does us good. We have to vote for America. Y'all, we've got to vote for America. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm this party, and I always vote this party. You've got to vote for America. You've got to vote for the unborn babies. You've you got you to vote for one man and one woman. I may get in trouble for that, but that's... You've you got to vote for that. We're not against anybody. We are not against anybody. I mean, I welcome everybody to come to River Church. Everybody. We, you, get, you have to leave your guns at the door. But after that, we don't care if you come in here. We want to get the good news to everybody. But we have to vote the walls down that are keeping Jesus out of people's lives. I say Christians should be patriots. If you were to run for office, I'm telling you, we'd get behind you and we'd, we would pray for you. And so we're looking for people to pray for that, that want to do it Jesus' way. Uh, first, first Timothy, let's go there and I am finished right here. First Timothy, you know this scripture, but let's just read it. First Timothy chapter 2. 
verse 1, 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 1. This is our job. America has a job. I'm an American. I have a job. To be an activist? No. Just to be an activist for Jesus. Amen. To live an abundant, demonstrated life. Because isn't everything that they're trying to get us off of being holy is to say we have a better way. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to give. You don't need to serve God. We, we got a better way. We got a plan that's just as good and God don't care. And so they, we just have to be strong in living our life, my life. It says in 1 Timothy 2, 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, that's requests, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So we should pray for one another. For kings and for all that are in authority, that, now right there, that, that is the key word, that we, if you will pray for kings and all in authority, he said, you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Well, isn't that what we all want? Want you and your babies and their babies, we, we want them to live a, a quiet and honest life. And you go, well, I need to be an activist. I need to go oppose this and vote for that and threaten to blow up this if they don't do it my way. No, no, no. We just, we just demonstrate the system of the kingdom of God. Just demonstrate it. Ah, you don't need to go to church all the time. Just go once a month and then just, you know, all that stuff. It's just, I like this. True freedom. True freedom. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, if you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. So there's no system that'll set you free. America's going through some stuff. If you listen to Joe Morris, and I do, he tells you what's happening over there that's kind of like an itinerary where you just check off. Now, lunch at 11, and we're going to watch the movie at 2, and we're going to... We're going to eat ice cream at three, and you, you, just tie, you just check off the list of the day. Well, the Lord has already put in there. He said, Iran, check, uh, Afghanistan, check. And, it, and you go, we're checking this thing off. And the bottom of the list is on that same page. It's happening. And you know, well, are you right or wrong? Oh, I think I'm right. But if, if not... It's going to be good till it is right. We are not suffering. We are living an exalted life compared to the world. And so we don't care. We don't care if it's this year or next year or the one after. We don't care because we're not trying to escape. We're trying to be the salt and the light. Amen. So, Father, I thank you right now for hallelujah, loving America. And helping us love America, Lord, to be a support to it, to be positive, to put your plan into play, if only in our own one and only life. So thank you, Lord, for River Church. We'll do our part. We're going to pray for this nation. We're going to agree with heaven. We're going to change, like Melissa said, we're going to change how we do business so that we don't just throw up our hands and say, what use is it? But we're going to pray and change our day. 
Strengthen us by your might in our inner man, Lord. Show us the truth because we want to live by truth. It sets us free. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for the liberty, the, the freedom we have because of the word of God, because of the truth. And we give you praise. We give you thanks. God bless America. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, like, they, like Forrest Gump said, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> ah, that's not even true. <laughs> we'll take a little break and we'll come back and do it again. Amen. Amen.